0: Welcome to the essay for FA's Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors. I am your host Gil Weinrich, commencing a new weekly series over the next few months. Today, we look at hedging our portfolios against a declining dollar in a manner that is less aggressive than Bitcoin and more aggressive than gold. We've not talked about investing since my last podcast several months ago. A lot has happened since then. The presidential election, GameStop, Bitcoin's renewed rise. These are all significant, though from a very big picture point of view, the main thing I see now is that the US stock market continues its steep ascent despite a US economy badly damaged by pandemic. As in past crises, the Federal Reserve and US federal government have stepped in to support an economy beset by rising employment, business failure, and plunging retail sales. In the past, I frequently criticized monetary intervention and excess spending in non-emergency conditions, wondering aloud what would happen if a genuine emergency arose. Well, we have seen a genuine emergency, and government intervention has succeeded in keeping markets afloat, so perhaps I underestimated the power of the financial weaponry held by the Treasury and the Fed. Nevertheless, I feel ill at ease with this market and that underscores the conservative approach to investment I expect to take in this new series. For starters, I wanted to address something that is so fundamental that it is nearly invisible to investors, and that is the dollar, whose value today is about 126th of its value a century ago. The near invisibility of this decline is explained by the fact that U.S. investors live in the dollar. They don't generally see its gradual erosion, except perhaps for a clique of investors hyper-concerned about this issue. It is this group that is driving up the value of Bitcoin to the tune of about a billion dollars a day so far this year. High current inflation expectations, loose fiscal and monetary policies, and the ever-present desire to hop on a fast-moving bandwagon likely explain interest in the digital currency. Bitcoin is crash-prone, though it seems to get back up on its feet pretty consistently, But, as I stated, I'm interested in a conservative approach to investing, and Bitcoin is a bit too exciting for me. I do like gold. It's proven to be a good hedge over time. But today I wanted to look at some other potential currency hedges. So I conducted my own little experiment. I asked myself, what might a good alternative currency look like? By which I mean a traditional currency backed by a real economy selling goods and services and a central bank not leaning its heavy hand on the printing press. This is not about making a killing in stocks. This is about hedging. Having some investments in a currency or in stocks in an economy that might appear highly stable if it should come to pass that Federal Reserve balance sheet expansion and bond buying and extreme deficit spending actually do take a toll on U.S. stocks one day. So here is how I conceptualize this. I realize that countries and currencies shift all the time. But where do we have a trend of monetary solvency instability? stability? To ascertain this, I looked for currencies that have risen against the dollar consistently over the past 10 or more years. Most of the Forex news is about what's happening in the short term, but I reasoned that a long-term trend is apt to reflect an economy that evinces some degree of fiscal restraint. My research was enlightening. Perhaps the most dramatic finding was that the dollar has overwhelmingly outperformed most other currencies. I get it. The dollar remains the world's reserve currency and the US, for all of its economic problems, is wealthier and more stable than other economies. Of course, that made me all the more curious about the few currencies that paired well against the dollar. Here they are along with my comments. Note that I have found reasons to disqualify most of these options. Let's start with the Australian and New Zealand dollars, Both have fared better than the US dollar over the past decade and the Canadian dollar over the past 20 years, though the loonie has fallen in the past several years. But I am not interested in any of these three currencies because the fluctuation has been too great. The fluctuating values say to me that the culture of fiscal and monetary rationality is not really rooted, that it depends on which government is seated in Canberra, Wellington, or Ottawa. The krona, both the Danish and Swedish ones, and also the Czech one, had a strong two decades against the dollar, but have shown signs of significant retreat in recent years. The euro has gained on the dollar over the past two decades as a whole, but has backtracked significantly over the past five years, and do-whatever-it-takes monetary policy would seem to be an important reason why. The Chinese currency has bested the dollar but the regime's ham-fisted interference in markets rule out the renminbi. The Japanese yen has outperformed the dollar, yet persistent fiscal and monetary excess make it hard to see the yen as a good long-term bet. That leaves us with five currencies that have gained on the dollar over a long stretch and for reasons that at least partially reflect underlying economic strength. One of these is the famed Swiss franc. Now, it should be stated that the U.S. Treasury Department has declared Switzerland a currency manipulator, and there is some truth in this. The Alpine country certainly has intervened in forex markets to lower the value of the franc to defend its exporters, something the other four countries have done as well to greater or lesser extents. The South Korean won's trajectory has been similar to that of the Swiss franc. Two decades of progress against the dollar with some recent slippage. The Israeli shekel and Thai baht both had straight-line improvements over the dollar in the last decade, and both sport reasonable debt-to-GDP ratios and budgetary discipline. And perhaps the strongest currency of all, the Singapore dollar, with two decades of non-fluctuating progress against the dollar. Impressive though this be, Singapore has done a poor job of managing its debt, so there is some reason for concern. I think these currencies, or stocks denominated in these currencies, are worth considering as long-term hedges against a highly-priced U.S. stock market. Look at it this way. Most countries are on the wrong side of a dollar pair. Weaker economies often have to use their limited foreign exchange reserves to buy their own currencies to prevent macroeconomic crisis and major devaluation. But strong currency economies are in the opposite situation. Indeed, they sometimes resort to buying dollars to keep their currencies from strengthening too much. The U.S. Treasury considers this a form of manipulation. From my point of view, though, a strong currency is what I like to think of as a good problem to have. Overall, I think maintaining the strength of the currency imposes economic discipline on corporations to remain competitive despite high prices from an importer's point of view. The Swiss franc, South Korean won, Israeli shekel, Thai baht, And Singapore dollar are building histories of reliable strength for those interested in a conservative currency alternative to Bitcoin. As for securities, by most measures, Swiss stocks are nearly as pricey as U.S. stocks. Israeli and Thai stocks are at mid-range, according to several valuation benchmarks. Stocks of South Korea and Singapore are on the cheaper end of the value spectrum. As are stocks of the Czech Republic, whose koruna is on the path to becoming a top-notch currency as well. A foothold in competitive currencies and stocks will eventually pay off when the fundamental weaknesses of a debauched currency are eventually exposed. This is Gil Weinrich for Seeking Alpha.